podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today we're going to have a look at how my team got on in game week 12 and what my plans are for game week 13. Now we've obviously got quite a bit of time until that next deadline. We've got an international break to get through but it's always good to have a look at what the uh, best thing to do for our teams are now so that we can uh, assess things as they perhaps change a little bit during the international break maybe with injuries and things like that. What you're going to hear today and what you're going to see today, depending on where you're accessing this, whether it's YouTube or on the podcast platform, uh, is obviously subject to change. Things can happen between now and the next deadline that might change my plans. But I thought I'd let you guys know what my early ideas are for Game Week 13 in the hope that it maybe helps some of you guys who might have some similar problems uh, with your team as well. Now, before we get any further, always uh, got some housekeeping to do, the first of which is to remind you guys to sign up to Fantasy Football Scout membership if you haven't done so already. I'm a broken record on this, but I'm past caring, to be honest, because it's so useful the members area you've got 20% off discount uh, available at the moment and if you sign up during the international break you're going to get access to fully interactive opta powered tools and tables instant match day data season points projections team transfer planners and drafts from the best fantasy managers uh, around including some former winners and the most recent of course Ali Hangarov you can catch every Sunday alongside Gianni on FPL winners assessing the weekend's action and also his plans for the next game week the international break is a great time to sign up of course because then Uh, you've got so much time to play around with those tables which are going to uh, stay as they are for about two weeks Um, and then when the the game weeks start rolling through again you can keep updating your understanding of the statistical state of play by checking out new match day data as it drops into the system we also have a message from our sponsor today's video is sponsored by betway the principal betting partners of west ham and the betting partner of brighton on Fridays, they announce the Heroes of the Weekend. You can bet £10 on player markets, top scorer of the Heroes, and they will credit a £1 free bet for every point up to £20. Betway are also running giveaways, including shirts and tickets of West Ham and Brighton. We know not everyone gambles, which is something we take seriously, which is why on our website we have a filter that you can turn on, which allows you to opt out of gambling ads. For those of you who do so, enjoy it responsibly and safely. There's more info about Betway in the description. You have to be 18 or over to play, and we encourage everyone to gamble responsibly and to be gambleaware.org when the fun stops. Stop. Well, thankfully, the the fun didn't stop for me in game week 12, where I managed to rack up 92 points. And I do feel a little bit jammy. I'm going to say that now. had a few comments about the jam of my team on FPL Winners on Sunday when I was uh, stepping in for Johnny, actually, to uh, yeah chat with Ali. Because I did start Shimikas and got the full 15 points from him. And only did so because of the injuries elsewhere in my team. Now, uh, you will have, uh, if you checked out my team reveal video last game week, another apology to make, not just for the jam, but also for the fact that things did massively change from when I recorded that, because we then had an injury flag to Saka, we had an injury flag to a couple of other people, uh, and so it left me in a position to have to do something very different to my original plans. I was hoping to just change my goalkeeper, but in the end also needed to make some changes in midfield, because James Madison picked up that injury, which at the beginning of the week we thought was going to be be relatively innocuous might keep him out for maybe a game week or maybe even just see him come on as a sub in game week 12 or something like that turns out he's out till January and so I followed through on the advice I gave you guys on that video which was if he is out for longer term then probably need to be looking to move him on so I decided that that's what I needed to do so uh, even though my plans were to captain Saka change my goalkeeper and roll the other second transfer. In the end, what I did was I did Madison to Bowen. Um, I then also did uh, Flecken to Johnston. So I did change my goalkeeper. And because of the doubts around Saka, 
I thought he would either play or not play rather than play, uh, rather than, sorry, not start and come on as a sub. Um, so I wasn't too nervous about that, but I didn't like the idea of captaining someone who I felt had the possible chance of not being involved at all and then relying on my vice captain. I'd rather captain someone I know is going to play and vice captain someone I know is going to play. So I've kind of given myself an equal chance of, of getting a decent return. So I felt too nervous in the end to captain Saka. I thought about getting Martinelli to really double down on that Burnley game because I did think it was going to be a high scoring one and 3-1, you know, as um, not bad in the end. I'll talk about that game in a little bit when I go through my sort of take on my Saka returns from that game. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I thought about Martinelli, but in the end, I looked at the fixtures and I felt like I needed someone who I was happy to start uh, and happy to do well in lots of the upcoming game weeks. And I felt that Martinelli was a bit too short term. I looked at the upcoming fixtures for Bowen. Now, I've mentioned a couple of times on these videos, I've still got my wildcard available and I want to try and use it in game week 19. And if I want to use it in game week 19, I have to try and make sure that by game week 16, I have a squad that's kind of in line with what a wildcard would be by that point. Because game week 16 fixtures, uh, you know, it's a big swing from the way things are now. So I need to be building towards a game week 16 wildcard-esque squad for game week 16 by using free transfers now. So I had a look at the list of players who I wanted to have around that time. And of course, one of them was Jared Bowen because the fixtures uh, even beyond game week uh, 12 were nice. So Burnley away next time out, Crystal Palace at home in 14, Spurs away in 15. They're the two that I'm not so keen on, but getting 12 and 13 in for Bowen, I think was good. And then Fulham away game week 16, uh, Wolves away game, uh, Wolves at home game week 17. They get harder around game week 18. And then that's, that's the point is that Bowen, his usefulness kind of drops off around game week 18, 19 when well, I'll probably be playing that wild card. So I, w I thought, look, Bowen's perfect to get in. And to be honest, and we'll have a look at in a second, Bowen is going to be very useful for my squad next time out. So Bowen was my Madison replacement. I was very happy to see that he delivered with uh, eight points, uh, not an insignificant amount there. So that, that transfer was successful. However, Flecken to Johnston, less so. I kind of, I'm annoyed with myself. I, I've noticed for weeks, and I've been talking about Everton not being an easy fixture anymore. Uh, I, I was really kind of just getting double Crystal Palace defence, mostly for the upcoming fixtures, because I'm, I'm more encouraged by the possibility of a clean sheet in game week 13 away at Luton and then at game week 15 at home to Bournemouth. So, yeah, I'm annoyed with myself because I just got one point out of Anderson and Johnston um, doubling up there because Everton obviously went to uh, Southwest Park and won 3-2. Uh, so mixed success with the transfers, but I think it set me up quite nicely for future game weeks, which we'll have a look at in just a second. As for the rest of my squad, well, I did already mention Simicast. In the end, I started him because I needed to. You know, in, in the Madison injury being so long term uh, and the, the goalkeeper transfer being something I felt was really, really important to do. In mean, I had to use both of my free transfers, which meant... Uh, and then uh, it was it was the fact that Estupinian got injured. I was hoping to start him. If Estupinian was fit, I would have started him ahead of Shimakas. But that 12-minute cameo in the uh, Europa League, of course, just sort of... Uh, yeah, consigned a stupid man back to the physio room and we wait to see whether or not he's going to make it for game week 13. So it was really that injury that meant I started Chimicans because I wouldn't have started him otherwise. Uh, so that's what I mean about Jam. Um, because, yeah, it was I felt my hand was forced. I was not all that excited about starting Chimicans. All of the reasons to either bench or sell him, I totally understood. Uh, I got them. And just the fixture as well. I thought Brentford, that's a hard game. Brentford should score. Liverpool uh, might struggle against them because they're not a bad team. 
Three 0 Liverpool, <laughs> two assists for Shimakas. So yeah, and, and in a game where actually Brentford really should have scored, and in a game where Shimakas his expected assist wasn't like sky high. So I definitely feel that was a bit of a smash and grab there. So as I said, I do apologise if you're a Shimakas bencher or even seller out there looking at this team. I do apologise. So yeah, one point for Johnston, one for Anderson, two for Cash, uh, fifteen for Shimakas. That's the defence. Then let's move on to the midfield uh, outside of Bowen. Then so uh, the Saka, um, five points. Mildly disappointed that that's what happened, but. In the context of recent weeks where his numbers had actually dropped off a little bit, I guess, you know, that's okay. And the fact that I would have captained him were it not for the flag and then I didn't, I'm not like overly upset about the five points. The thing that I am mildly encouraged by, though, is that we did actually see a return to him actually producing decent numbers in a game again. So I'm I'm feeling a bit more confident about him moving forward now because, yeah, I think he finished that game top for shots. And possibly shots on target as well. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Go back and listen to the Stats of the Day podcast uh, from Sunday where I went through it in a bit more detail. But basically, it was one shot in the three games leading into the Burnley one. Much better numbers in this one, so I'm a bit more confident. Six points for Diaby, uh, eight for Bowen, as I already mentioned. 16 for Salah, which I was very happy with as well. Didn't captain him. Uh, we'll get onto my captaincy in just a second. Um, but, you know, 16 points, I'll still take it. Just the one point for Matoma, who's very much on the chopping block now. Um, you know, their fixture in, in game week 13, I will start, continue to start Matoma. But I think for game week 14, it's going to be Matoma to Burmo because that is when Burmo, who's been in good form of late, faces Luton away. So up front then, I had Haaland and Alvarez. And I actually have to thank here Sam Bonfield for what she said on the Q&A uh, last week. I was, I'm in an hour in who my captaincy would be outside of Saka by the end of the week simply because of this Saka uh, injury flag and I didn't really fancy Salah at home to Brentford I mean I should have done because he got 16 points but in the end it was actually what Sam said about the Chelsea defence having been at the Spurs game on that Monday night now Chelsea have had two games in a row where it's been you know applauded as like the best Premier League game this season so very box office at the moment Chelsea and so Sam had had uh, a front row seat um, well actually should probably double check I don't actually know which row she was in but you get what I mean she saw it with her own eyes at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that before the um before the the red cards and Chelsea were able to capitalize on those uh that man disadvantage of Spurs uh the word she used to describe Chelsea's defense was that they were all at sea and they were struggling to contain Spurs and so she felt that Haaland up against that back in his good form was probably going to get some big returns. And if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the fact that it was like my job to like watch that video and for all the chaos that ensued on it, and then of course edit that down to a podcast, which I can tell you was a Herculean task with all the, the tech issues they had. It's a good job that that happened because uh, in the end, that was just a piece of advice I needed to go, do you know what? I'm just going to go with Haaland. And interestingly enough, it ended up actually being a bit of a differential, which is, is nice. Uh, I say bit off. It's not completely. His effective ownership at my rank bracket, which you can see on the screen, is 118.2% for that particular game week. Uh, so he was, I think, uh, the one with the highest effective ownership in that rank bracket, uh, but wasn't far off Salah on 113.2%. And so Salah's big haul on, uh, I think it was, I think it was Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday, uh, did actually knock me down on my live rank initially. I went down to about 163k uh, in terms of my live rank. But thankfully enough, 32 points out of Haaland and another five out of Alvarez as well um, pushed me all the way back up to uh, 39.007 at the time of screenshotting that. <laughs> uh, my understanding is that the, the substitutions and some bonus point tweaks has meant that between me screenshotting that on Sunday night and the time of recording, my rank is now what it says below me, 38,979. So I've gone up 
a smattering of places um, once the thing's all updated on Sunday night. So I'm in a really happy place with my team right now. A little bit of jam, uh, but at the same time, I'm happy with how the squad uh, has performed of late. And so going up to 38k... Uh, in a season where some people are struggling, does afford me the ability to sort of try something, to keep trying different things. I feel like I'm I'm trying to be not different for the sake of different, but I'm I'm tr- this season, and we'll just break aside into something that's kind of general advice for this season. I'm trying to as much as I possibly can filter out as much noise as possible, which is difficult to do when you work in this industry and you're constantly creating videos and you're constantly editing people's videos that they're making as well. It's difficult to do that, but one of the th- one of the things I've actually started to do is actually to just be less involved in um, in FPL discussions on social media. Now, I've I've always tried to stay away from that anyway, which is not to say I dislike it. I've got some fantastic friends on uh, social media and the FPL world. Some of my some of my best friends these days are FPL managers. Without wanting to uh, um, sound too much like politicians of old, but. Um, that's really just to do with you know all sorts of other stuff. When it comes to actual FPL opinions, I try to avoid them where possible, and I try to simply just isolate myself from everyone else's views and have a look at what I think is going to work for my team or what might be effective uh, and things that people have missed. Now, I appreciate that might sound disingenuous considering the fact that I've just told you that Sam Bonfield helped me pick my captain uh, for the most recent game week. All I will say is that's quite a rarity. Normally, I'm, I'm fairly confident in what I'm going to do. It's just that Saka yellow flag left me needing some input on Friday. So, um, yeah, feel free to uh, attack me for hypocrisy in the comments if you want to. I'm happy to, uh, to take you on on that one. But, yeah, I'm just trying to... Um, do different things this year and uh bearing in mind that i'm 38k it actually if you're also in a place where you've got a good rank it's not a bad place to be to take some risks because in effect the points are already in the bank and you can sort of spend points theoretically speaking on different things that might actually push you up even higher done that a couple of times this season seems to be working a little bit of jam as well i will appreciate that um but I've got the point, so I'm going to try and do some fun stuff with it. And the reason I'm talking about that is because those of you who are watching the video will have already seen it on the screen. My bus team captain right now is Jared Bowen uh, for Game Week 13, which was something I thought about when I signed him. I just looked at this Burnley fixture and thought, aha, right, there looks like an opportunity. And the reason why is because in Game Week 13, we've got Man City and Liverpool facing each other and it gets worse to be honest because also in game week 13 we have some really rubbish teams facing each other I hate it when that happens especially when the same weeks when the best teams face each other we've got Sheffield United and Bournemouth playing each other so there's nobody out there that you can captain against their defenses which have been horrendously obliging this year I have to say so don't want to captain Salah against Man City I don't really necessarily fancy captaining Haaland against Liverpool although I think they'll still get something um the best fixture of the game week that lines up both fixture and form is Burnley against West Ham because Bowen has been great away from home this season. I think he's now broken that record, hasn't he, for you know, back-to-back goals in away games. I think it's he's up to six in a row now. And Burnley away, well, they have been pretty poor at home. Now, I'm going to have a quick rewind back to that Arsenal game, as I promised, to talk about Burnley because... One of the reasons why I liked the idea of an Arsenal captain was because we hadn't really seen Burnley try actually defending in numbers this season. We'd seen company come up with an identity that he liked, an identity that had worked in the championship, understandably so. Because, uh, you know, if you take Pep Guardiola tactics and put it in the championship, obviously you're going to win the league. Bringing it up with a lower quality set of players because they have lost some of them. They had a lot of low knees that helped them win the league. But then also it's lower quality compared to the rest of the division. 
if you still try and play that type of football and you don't try and defend first and then build forward like they used to under Sean Dyche, you are going to get annihilated more often than not. And that is what we have seen from Burnley so far. So I'd been saying that in the build-up to the Arsenal game, and it was, it was I think, refreshing to see that in the first half, Burnley did actually make an attempt to put everyone behind the ball and defend properly. And it actually kind of worked as well because it took Trossard until first half uh, stoppage time to get the opening goal. But that was away from home against Arsenal. Now, at home against West Ham, I don't think they're going to try the same thing because they are going to be targeting their home games for games where they're going to try and play their own style of football, try and go on the front foot and try and beat teams using their primary style of, you know, high intensity press, you know, playing out from the back, inverted fullbacks, etc. Um, and you can see so far this season that that's not worked. <laughs> because it is in their home games, Burnley, where they have conceded the most goals. So just running through their home games so far this season, a home against Villa, conceded three. A home against Spurs, conceded five. Um, Then a home against United, they lost 1-0 to a United team that is not really full of goals this season, so even getting one goal for United, it's actually an achievement. Um, Then a home against Chelsea, Game Week 8, conceded four goals. A home against Crystal Palace in Game Week 11, when they didn't have uh, Eze starting games yet, and Elise wasn't back, lost 2-0. So West Ham, considering that their away form is, in terms of goals, is good. Bowen, also good uh, good away form as well. Going up against a Burnley team that I think will try and play football in this game. I think that's going to leave lots of space for Bowen to come in and capitalise. Uh, and in terms of uh, the numbers behind that as well, um, just how bad is the Burnley defence? Uh, well, it's still in the bottom five in the Premier League for big chances conceded over the last four. So, yeah, I think it's a good one, to be honest, when you consider that the defence is the Salah and Haaland are going up against it's much, much more appealing for Bowen. Now, we'll see how brave I can be between now and the deadline. Will I keep my captain's armband on him? I hope I do. I hope that I can go in with a Bowen captaincy because I think it's he's got the best chance of all my players, in my opinion, of getting a double-figure haul. So, um, yeah, I'm quite excited about that. But what about my transfers then and my the rest of my starting lineup? Well, um, it, the rest of it is kind of boring. As much as the Bowen thing is kind of exciting, the rest of what I've got to do for my team is is, is not great. Now, we'll start... Uh, well, goalkeeper is an easy one. Johnston away at Luton, much better than Turner at home to Brighton because Turner probably won't play. So it means Anderson also starts. This is why I'm a bit more excited about doubling down on the Palace defence. But yeah, my other four defenders, Cash is away at Spurs, Shimikas is away at Man City, Estupinan, who's now injured again, away at Forest, and Van de Ven at home to Villa. Van de Ven, I know, isn't going to play. I didn't sell him in game week 12, even though that's when you know, we knew about his injury because I just needed to deal with other things. I always try and prioritise the starting 11 rather than the bench at the moment. When the Christmas period comes, I'll have a bit more focus on the bench. But for now, it's about the starting 11. And bearing in mind that I don't want to start Cash or Shimakas in game week 13, I think it means having to put Van de Ven in the starting lineup and then sell him. Now, my plans for my defence do rely on a Stupinan being fit. I'm hoping that the international break affords him the time to get fit again, although it could be touch and go because my understanding is it is a muscle muscle injury again. Um, So we'll have to see. If that happens, I'd maybe start cash against Spurs because they looked a little bit flat without Madison um, against Wolves. So... They could do that, it, although Vela have seemingly forgotten how to keep clean sheets and Cash hasn't been as involved in attacking returns uh, of late. But I just think the starting Cash versus taking a minus four to also replace a Stupinan when I'm probably going to want him back when he is fully fit again. It just feels less impactful doing it that way. Uh, so, yeah, Van de Ven is an easy sell. He's guaranteed leaving my team for game week 13. And who am I thinking about as a replacement? Well, again, it's not that exciting. And I actually have a bit of a tricky time 
picking who my replacement is going to be. And I think I, it's it's a choice between Lascelles or an Arsenal defender. Now, Saliba is massively popular this week. He's obviously got more attacking returns again. He's up to 5.4 now, and I don't really want to pay 5.4 for an Arsenal defender when, yes, they've got Wolves and Luton in 14 and 15, but they've got Brentford away next, and they've got Villa away in 16. So my criteria for my new defender is not only do they need to have good fixtures between now and game week 18, um, they need to have good fixtures from 16 onwards as well, because just referring back to my wildcard plan, they need to actually be startable in 13 to avoid me having to take a hit to field some defenders I actually feel confident in, which probably, now hear me out here, <laughs> gives a bit of an advantage to Lascelles at Newcastle. Now, you might be saying, but David, they're hosting Chelsea. Well, the thing about Newcastle is, yeah, I know they've got a lot of injuries right now, but despite that, they have seemingly managed to keep good clean sheets at home this season. So, I mean, they weren't exactly fully staffed when they held Arsenal out for a 1-0 win against them at St. James' Park in game week 11, 4-0 against Palace in game week 9, 2-0 uh, win against Burnley in game week 7. They beat Brentford at home, 1-0 in game week 5. Uh, and so the last time they actually conceded at home was, in the league that is, uh, was against Liverpool in game week 3, lost 2-1. Now Chelsea are, indeed, have all of a sudden found their shooting boots. So maybe I'm a bit nervous about this one. But, Arsenal and Newcastle are the only two teams that I really fancy investing in. And I'll just show you why some stats on the screen. You know, they remain in the last four matches two of the most reliable defences. They've been in the top uh, top four or five teams for fewest big chances conceded over four game week periods. I track it every week, as you know, on these videos. They're just consistently there. Uh, three big chances uh, each conceded by them in the last four. So they're the two teams I'm really interested in. You go back to the, the game week 13 fixtures for defensive potential. You'll notice Forest, Burnley, West Ham, Wolves are the top four. I'm not interested in defenders from any of those teams, to be honest. Uh, and uh, Newcastle get very, very useful to have players from around 17 and 18, 18 especially. If you're trying to go through game week 18 without having to take a hit, uh, sorry, having to use the free hit or you know make loads of transfers and, and take hits. It's useful to get a Newcastle defender now because away to Luton in game week 18, I think that's a good chance for a clean sheet. Liveramento uh, has sort of demonstrated himself as not necessarily being a reliable starter. Admittedly, uh, Botman might be back by game week 18, but I'm kind of hoping that the form that we've seen from Lascelles and the fact that this Botman injury seems to be something they, they can't quite pin down. You know, it started off as, a, oh, he might be back soon. And then it's like, oh, he's going to be out for several weeks. And it keeps getting put off. So I'm just kind of on the balance of probabilities, hoping that Lascelles is still involved in the team. So I'm I'm leaning more towards him because, yeah, Arsenal, whilst their defensive fixtures do look good, I can't trust Gabriel to start and he's the cheaper one. So, uh, it looks like Saliba we can trust to start. Attacking returns also probable, but 5.4 is too much. And in game week 18, I wouldn't want an Arsenal defender because they're away at Liverpool. So uh, Newcastle just kind of win the 50-50 there. And yes, it means starting the cells against Chelsea and maybe having to start them against United. But both of those games are at home. There have been points in time this season where Chelsea and Man United have struggled to find the net, especially against the bigger teams. So and Newcastle still deserve to be one of those. So it's not a particularly amazing transfer, and it may not be great. It means a, a sort of a patchwork defence again uh, in game week 13 because it's entirely possible that I'm going to end up having to start uh, Lascelles at home to Chelsea and cash away at Newcastle. I'm just hoping that with the rest of my team, I can probably get uh, by because I still think there's going to be goals against City and Liverpool. I just don't want to uh, bet the captaincy on it. I think that I can expect big points out of Bowen. I think I'm, I'm hoping I can maybe finally get one last hurrah out of Matoma before I sell him for Burmo. 
uh, across the board, like I'm not unhappy with my team, but it's not amazing. I think I could end up with a red arrow for this game week. But as I've been talking about quite a lot with general, uh, the general on the general's orders podcast this season, sometimes you just have these game weeks where you just kind of do something a bit boring, a bit kind of you know uneventful. And so Van der Ven to Lascelles certainly is is uneventful. Uh, and look at your team and think, look, I just got to get through this game week, and it then sets you up better for future game weeks. I'd rather not take a hit this week. I'd rather not use my wild card because I think it's going to be much more impactful after that blank game week. And so it's just about staying the course and trying to build that that team I need for blank game week eighteen um, without having to use the wild card. And Lascelles is very much part of that plan. So now's the time to get him in. Bearing in mind I've got a vacancy uh, in defence. So yeah, that's my plan uh, for. Uh, the moment i hope you found this uh, video useful as i said a lot of the stuff that you've seen in here of course comes from the members area so do not forget to sign up now you can get 20 percent off and get all of the incredible benefits that you can see on the screen right now head to the website pick the package that's right for you and it will make an impact on your fpl point scoring i can promise you that but with that i shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your preparation for game week 13 and the international break and i shall see you next time goodbye